This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back here, hour number two of the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary are with you today. 402-464-5685, Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line, both those open for you um, the rest of the way. No shows tomorrow. We get the day off. I'll be doing some Christmas baking. I will be driving. Where are we heading? Uh, I think in-laws. Central City. Cool. Cool I deal think. Deal. I don't know. Rachel takes care of all that. She tells me where to drive, and I drive. It's a good thing you have Rachel at one hundred percent. Yeah. Thank goodness you. I don't Rachel. know where. I don't know where my life would. My life would be in shambles if I didn't have her. It would. It would be. I don't know where I'd be. It's a good thing you you admit that. Living in a van down by the river. That's where I'd be. After we're done here at four o'clock, it'll be. Uh, you'll actually get two hour, two more hours of me. Sorry. Um, me and Bach will be doing old school four to six. Jay Foreman may call in over the phone, um, but we'll we'll see as we go along. It'll be a good, nice little easy way to round out your week because I believe a lot of people get Christmas Eve off. Um, I hope so. I hope I, I hope, I so hope everybody on the text line and everybody listening has tomorrow off. I do too. Um, so we were talking about special teams, and be, before the break, we get this from an unnamed texter on the on the text line four zero two four six four five six eight five. Give me a break, you guys. Kickers from other teams come in here with no practice and have no problems. Very very valid reason, in my opinion. If somebody else can do it, if somebody else can come in here, if Keith Duncan can come in here and in crunch time kick a field goal and then blow you kisses, you should be able to kick a field goal. Some kickers are just better than others. I'm um, not putting the blame on the specific specialist, but. I mean, no. This there was, are there are instances where everything is set up, and and maybe you just there there's something mentally that you you're going through that you know throws you off. And one little thing, like with kicking, it's it's so like the the smallest little thing can throw you off. If the ball is tilted the wrong way or something, like it'll throw you off, and you'll miss. You know, you'll barely miss a kick, or it'll just completely shank it. So it's it's little things like that that you need to focus on and that would be something that a special teams coach would be able to notice and help with as opposed to somebody who is you know working with another position group and also working with specialists you're you're splitting your time you can't focus solely on helping these guys get better at their craft which is something that obviously is needed so now looking ahead and this was more of a and like Rico said not calling out specific specialists or anything like that this was definitely more of a I wanted this to be a, a big-picture discussion because, I mean, let's be real. They still don't have a special teams coach. We don't know how they're going to handle this. They they have a plan. They told us they tell us that they have a plan. Scott Frost has informed Trev Alberts, the athletic director of that, that plan. Trev Alberts seems to be on board with everything he's saying over when he's talking on the radio and things like that. But let's look at what Nebraska added in terms of those specialists. So... Yeah. 
starting off go ahead sorry i was gonna i was about to you know after you were done i was gonna say we we still haven't gotten like official word that tony tuioti is leaving but five minutes ago oregon football welcomed coach tuioti to their staff so it is officially official it was like said to be official yesterday and there were things going around saying he had taken the job and everything but we hadn't heard anything from nebraska or from oregon and today we get the news tony tuioti is going to be the defensive line coach for uh the oregon ducks so that opens up another spot uh for nebraska to possibly fill with a different coach maybe move somebody move some people around uh, and and be able to hire two full-time coaches. Yeah, and I want to get to that here in a second. So let's look at what Nebraska added first. Brian Buschini from Montana averaged 46 yards a punt, which improvement. That is very nice. Nebraska averaged 40 yards per punt last year, um, and they punted a lot. <laughs> Timmy Bleakrode from Furman made 21 of 25 of his field goals in three seasons at Furman. They also added Spencer Pankratz from Furman, Charlie Weinrich from high school, I believe, in Missouri. Kansas. Kansas, Kansas, thank you. And then Brady Weiss from Georgetown, who's a long snapper. So, at some point, the excuses of there's just nobody in that room to take the job or that is doing a good enough job, it has to go. That Those excuses have to go. You've got plenty of bodies in there. You have, plenty, you have, you have plenty of bodies, number one. Number two, there are things that you can point to these last four years, three years, if you want to even take out that COVID year. We'll even give you the benefit of the doubt, take out the COVID year. The last three years have been atrocious in every single area of special teams. You could you could argue that this year, in 2021, the specialty, the punt coverage was better, but it was still bad. The punt coverage and the kickoff team were better there were still moments on the kickoff team that uh were lacking and blocking for the punt we you know saw an instance where that wasn't good and there were other times where it looked as if the punt was going to get blocked but it it it, it didn't um so although those areas were improved and looked better there were still i mean and it's going to happen to everybody instances of concern yeah, so now, like Rico kind of just talked about, Tony Tuioti officially off to Oregon. It was just announced a couple minutes ago, officially by by Oregon football. Um, how How is Nebraska going to combat this? Because that excuse of not enough bodies, that has to be gone. Because now the the thought of, well, it's not my guys in that room. It's, you know, we're, we're still trying to figure out who is best at what position, at what duty. That, that has to be done. That should have been done last year, if, in my opinion. But that has to be done now. Look at that. Thank you, Jake. Adorable Christmas sweater. Um, it's all right. Okay. That has to be done. You, you have to forget that. And so now, um, looking forward, how does Nebraska combat this in other ways? And it's got to be coaches. And, and Cleveland Mike pointed this out on the text line a couple minutes ago. Frost doesn't, And yet, Frost doesn't see the need for a full-time special teams coach. What's worse than, quote, head in the sand to describe this? And here's what I'll say. There, there's a lot of ways that Nebraska can um, combat this or, or even fix this problem. And here's just a couple. 
With Tony Tuioti departing, that opens up, obviously, the defensive line spot. Maybe they move Mike Dawson there. That's That would not be surprising to me. I mean, you could he move He used him. to coach DL or defensive linemen anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's coaching outside linebackers, and the way that Nebraska's defensive line works is they've got two guys down, hand down, uh, in the middle of the defensive line, and then you've got the outside linebackers acting as you know glorified defensive ends. So mm-hmm. you could continue coaching outside linebackers as a defensive ends coach, uh, or as a defensive line coach, and then you 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 have to work with the big guys right there in the middle, and that could work. And then you know that would open up an area to bring in a running backs coach and a special teams coach. Bingo. Which, but now see what's what's really really interesting about how this is all going to work out. And yes, they they've they figured something out. I'm sure they found they knew about Tony Tuioti heading off to Oregon before well before we did, obviously. But here's the thing: is what's really really interesting when you look at the the bodies in that defensive line room, and just defense in all in total. There's a lot that's going to be different. And so there's a little bit of hesitation or skepticism in Mike Dawson, or, or any coach for that matter, not even just Mike Dawson, doubling as an outside linebackers guy and defensive line. Or if you do Barrett Rude or have Barrett Rude do inside linebackers, but that wouldn't necessarily make sense, be in defensive line. There, there's ways that you can look at it and say, well, shoot, in on the defensive line, you lost Damian Daniels, you lost Ben Stilley, Casey Deontre Rogers, Thomas. DeAndre Thomas, thank you. I knew there was a third one. You're, you, Casey Rogers comes back. Ty Robinson comes back. Nash Hutmacher's back. However, you've got Marquise Black, who they seem to be little, extremely excited about. But little smaller sample size. Yes. You have no idea. And, and last year, let's be real, in terms of sacks and actual numbers, this defensive line wasn't extraordinary. It was it was fine. It, it worked just fine. Mm-hmm. And their their run defense wasn't bad. They shut down Kenneth Walker as well. It wasn't exceptional. They were really. It was, it was good at stuff in the middle, but that's a, like we saw in the final game what it was like not having a guy like Damian Daniels yes. right there in the middle. Having Damian Daniels and the the way he improved throughout his years here at Nebraska uh, really showed in that last game. But in terms of numbers, you're not going to see a lot from the defensive line from the from the guys right in the middle. But in terms of of you know doing what they're supposed to do, eating up blocks and opening opening up tackling lanes for the linebackers. I mean, you could credit a lot of those tackles. Absolutely. To a lot of those middle linebacker tackles to the defensive line because, you know, they don't have they don't have a, a huge disruptor on this line. They don't have a, a Ndamukong and Sue on this line. They don't have a, a Jared Crick on this line who's going to go out there, dominate their matchup one-on-one, dominate a double team, get in the backfield and tackle somebody for a loss or get a sack. They have a bunch of guys who are big and strong enough to eat up some blocks and move some offensive linemen out of the way to open up lanes for the linebackers to get things done. So their numbers aren't going to jump off the page to you, but if you watch the film, in in some of their better games, they did an um, the defensive line did an amazing job of controlling the line of scrimmage. There were games where they were getting pushed around. Mm-hmm. Uh, case in point, the the Iowa game where they kind of got ran all over. The Wisconsin game where they got ran all over. Um, but in in other games, they did a really fantastic job of controlling the line and opening things up for the guys behind them to make plays, which is probably what they're going to continue doing with this defensive line. I don't know. I don't think they're going to ask these guys to go out and make plays. I think they're going to ask these guys to assist in in getting the rest of the defense to make plays. Yeah, and I'm not trying to slight the guys that were in that room last year. I I'm just looking ahead at next year now and wondering what this what what can we expect? What's a realistic expectation for this defense in general? 
You have new additions in the defensive back. I mean, obviously, you still have Quentin Newsom, Miles Farmer. Um, they'll they'll need to improve as well if they want to mm-hmm. fill the shoes of of a guy like Deontay Williams. You have uh, Braxton line, Clark, linebacker. Yeah, you have those guys that are kind of the the switch. Javen Wright, you can throw into that outside Noah linebacker. Gates. But there's a lot of new faces, and we're back to this new face discussion where it's you don't know where you're going to what you're going to get from from each of these guys on, on a on a every Saturday basis. You don't on a game by game basis. That was a better way to phrase that. And then you look at the defensive line and you wonder how much production or ability they're going to have stuffing holes when you lose a guy mm-hmm. like Damian Daniels, when you lose a guy like Ben Stilley, who have been mainstays on that line for the last couple seasons. I mean, you did hear a lot about Casey Rogers when he was, well, when he got injured and when he mm-hmm. did come back about how, how great he had been doing in practice before he got <clears throat> Before he got hurt, and then when he did come back, about how he was probably one of the better pass rushers from the defensive line, from the defensive end spot, and how you know he was so much stronger and being able to stop people. And I, I think if he can stay healthy and you can pair him with Ty Robinson, who showed out for a couple of games this season, there were instances where he did, you know, seem a little bit tired, and and maybe I don't, I don't want to like. I don't want to say he took a playoff, but maybe he was just a little bit tired and couldn't quite get to his spot where he needed to be to to make a play or to, to help somebody make a play. And then, you know, Nash Huttmacher, who everybody is extremely excited about, you know, he, he lifts a ton and he's going to be a hard guy to move for the defense down there. And you saw him against Iowa. It You know, it's probably uh, a little early to, to think he's going to be able to uh, do a lot, you know, on the defensive line and the offensive line. It takes guys a couple of years to get accustomed to the size and the and the physicality of the college game. So he might have he might have still been a year away, and this could be the year that he really breaks out and shows us the the physicality and the and the toughness that he showed uh, up in up in high school in South Dakota. So you've got bodies there who have a lot of promise, but we've heard promise and every, how good these guys can be for mm-hmm. years every position group we we hear promise and and part of that's just coaches talking and and it's not like i'm saying coaches are lying about how they feel about guys i, I don't think that at all because i i truly think they feel good about mm-hmm. a lot of the guys that they have but then you look back and i want to look back first before we look forward here and see what nebraska the personnel that they had on the field last season Defense showed out in some games, kept Nebraska in a lot of their games, was the reason that Nebraska was was competitive in a lot of their games. And then you look back as well, and, and you can kind of combine that with the offense and defense all into one, and just as a whole program and special teams, you have your all-Big Ten kicker coming back, you return punters, you, you feel good about your secondary. There's a lot of places you can point to and say, I feel good about where they were at at the beginning of last season on August 28th. And then they go out and they lay an egg the whole entire season. And you wonder, how do they get back up from that? Because it's it's interesting to think or, or find a way now. And, and I kind of want to work this into a, a quarterback talk as well in a second. But you wonder now, you don't have your starting quarterback. You don't have your defensive line coach. You didn't take one single defensive lineman in your class, in your signing day class. The only offensive or defensive lineman that you got, I guess, I mean, if you want to classify Jake Applegate as a, as a defensive lineman, he's more of an edge rusher. He's D-end, outside linebacker mm-hmm. type. Um, and then I believe the only offensive or got trench guy was Justin Evans Jenkins, the signing day commit from from New Jersey. Yeah, he's a, he's a defensive He's line an interior guy. offensive lineman. I think they're having him on a... Well, no. I remember... 
I don't know who it was. They had Ben Stilley in one of those, so I'm thinking they had a defensive lineman. It might have been a transfer, though. I'll have to so, look back. Yeah, please look back. Um, either way, okay, even if you have one or t- zero or one guy, I mean, the the small, the sample size, it's just it's interesting. It's going to be um, something to watch for how they spin it, how, how we kind of feel about um, things heading into the season at each position group. And defensive line now – um, with Tony Tuioti, which we talked to Aaron about it yesterday uh, from Hale Varsity, Aaron Sorensen. She she mentioned she was not shy about it. As you saw, guys, how much they cared about Greg Austin. You see how many how much guys care about um, Tony Tuioti. Tony Tuioti a, was a big recruiter for Nebraska. That Polynesian, that Hawaiian, the West Coast type of recruits um, that Nebraska continued to go after was because of Tony Tuioti and his West coach, West coast and Hawaiian connections. And so now you just wonder how Nebraska is going to bounce back from this. And, and they may very well, and, and we're all hoping for this. Um, I mean, they may respond just fine. And I, and we all hope they do. And there's a very good chance that they could, um, because you see how the schedule shapes out next year. And yes, I've said on the show multiple times, and I'll say it again throughout the course of the offseason, is you, you still have to play everybody in the West, and you haven't found success against those guys in the West. But maybe there's some optimism there for next year um, with a new quarterback. You can split it that way and say glass half full instead of glass half empty and say, well, we do get a new quarterback. We do get new faces in that secondary room. We get new faces on that defensive line, offensive. I mean, there, there are ways that if you want to spin it to where it's a glass-half-full conversation, we can do that as well, and I'm sure there will be a day in time for that. Um, Drizzlefish, I want to get to your question in the next segment. Uh, he said on the text line, 402-464-5685, who's our best five players returning? He said that's a scary question to answer. I, I, that's something I want. I want to think about that over the commercial break because I found it. Go ahead. It was Justin Evans Jenkins. They have him listed as a defensive tackle. Okay, so, um, so they took one defensive lineman. I was wrong on that. Thank you, Rico. Mm-hmm. Either way, you still wonder how um, how they're gonna how they're gonna that. respond and and combat special teams. I mean, back to that whole original conversation that we started in the final segment of the two o'clock hour. How how are they going to you know sort out coaches? Because like Rico said, you can have it where Mike Dawson may double as outside linebackers and defensive line. Then that opens up a running back spot for full time and a full time special team spot. You may have Barrett Rude just help out with linebackers across the board, mm-hmm. and M- Mike Dawson go full on defensive, defensive line, line, and you still have those. And, and I think. They they need to be very careful because I think if somehow some way they after everything that's happened after all the coaches have left defensive line and once this offseason settles down if Nebraska still doesn't have a full time special teams coordinator I, I Nebraska will I never don't, I don't never know, will I don't know how you can go through the four seasons that you went through and this season specifically in the close losses and the things that happened during games that were specifically special teams related. I don't know how you can go through this season and and go into the offseason, go through the entire offseason, get yep. to next season and say we are happy with where our special teams are at. We are happy with with how we have our special teams coaching set up. There's no way you can do that. You need, Even if it's somebody that's currently on the staff and you just bring them to a full-time assistant role and you're just having them work with special teams, that is at least an improvement over what they have right now. 
because you have a person splitting time between a defensive position group that played really well this season and a special teams group that that underperformed at just about every level. If you can go through an entire season and offseason thinking, yeah, this is fine, we're going to go through this, we're going to run it back, I don't, I, I don't understand it. All right, let's, uh, let's take a break. Where do we stand on quarterbacks right now? A lot of quarterbacks have still went, uh, have been in the portal or entered the portal. A lot of new faces. Missouri's quarterback just entered the portal today. Another Wyoming quarterback entered the portal today. How are we feeling about Nebraska's quarterback situation? Is it the longer this thing goes on, does it feel like they're content and okay and confident in what they have? And how do you feel about that? We'll, we'll dive into that. We'll also talk about the five best players for Nebraska in our minds um, next on the Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.